The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com And pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yes, we think we solved your problem. Which problem? Marianne Coatsworth Hay of Marblehead. Highland. What? I gotta make sure I don't laugh. Oh, God. It's a funny name to me, that's all. Just give me a second. Hang on. Okay. Mr. Thomas? Yes. I'm C.J. Craig. My assistant spoke to you on the phone. Yes. Mrs. Coatsworth, hey, I'm C.J. Craig. I'm the White House press secretary. This is Will Bailey, our deputy communications director, and this is Amelia Gardner, who's the first lady's chief of staff, and this is her first day, as a matter of fact. We're so happy that you were able to take the time to come over so we could talk this through. I'm Marion Coatsworth, hey. <laughs> I was, I was thinking of this thing from, this thing that just happened. With the deficit. Bob Seska. Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. Hello, Bob. Oh, hi. Hi, everybody. It is Tuesday, November 14, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. It is BubbleGenius.com. Go there, buy lots of soap, especially for the holidays. Go buy your holiday soap there. Also brought to you today by Omaha Steaks. Oh, my God, my freezer is overflowing with Omaha Steaks, and I just have a lot more eating to do, I guess. Here's the good news. The holidays are coming. The bad news. Gift giving is hard. What's a great gift when you're stuck? Of course, it's Omaha Steaks. It really is the best gift because you send someone Omaha Steaks, suddenly they get company over for the, the holidays. People just popping in. What do you serve them? Of course, if you've got Omaha Steaks in your freezer, you know exactly what to serve them. Your gifts will arrive just in the right time for, uh, at the right place with no hassle and no trips to the mall. And right now, because you listen to my show, you get the family gift pack at a savings of 75%. For just $49.99, you get two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausage, four burgers, and my favorite potatoes I've gotten. Four servings of that. Four caramel apple tartlets and a packet of Omaha steak seasoning. And again, because you listen to this show, an extra four kielbasa sausages for free. Who doesn't love free sausage, huh? To get this amazing gift at the amazing price of $49.99, to get this 75% discount, you have to use my code. Just type B-O-B-C in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. I love filling my freezer and my stomach with beef, plus I've gotten compliments on my grill skills. Thank to, thanks to Omaha Steaks. 
They have an extensive menu including premium aged beef, pork, lamb, poultry, and seafood, but Omaha Steaks also has sauces and seasonings, and they have over 500 other gourmet gift ideas. Right now, the family gift pack is just $49.99 if you enter the code BOBC in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. Give the best gifts ever with steaks and more from Omaha Steaks. Okay, there's way too much crap to talk about today, so <clears throat> without any further ado, you know, I, I got a, uh, a message on Facebook and said, okay, now Jackie Schechner gets a jingle, Jody Hamilton gets a, a jingle, everyone gets a jingle except, uh, <laughs> except my friend Buzz Burbank. Well, and- we don't really need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured something out. I grabbed something at least temporary, at least until Rocky uh-huh. Mountain Mike maybe throws something together. I, I at least have this, and I think maybe... Calling Buzz the Galaxy's greatest hero. Skilled, courageous, and ever-vigilant. Leaping into action, Buzz hurtles to the rescue. His ongoing mission, to protect the universe from the dark forces of evil. That's true. These are the adventures of Buzz of Star Command. <laughs> Buzz of Star Command. Oh well, I'm that... all about, I'm all about defeating the forces of evil. Yeah, exactly right. See, see, it actually does. That's work. very nice. Well, you know, and by the way, I've become a huge, huge fan of uh, Rocky Mountain Mike. Uh, following him on Twitter uh, just cracks me up. Uh, he, he keeps me laughing, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think you guys may have run into some of the same people in uh, in radio. Did <laughs> his fair share of country radio, apparently too. I definitely avoided country radio uh, during my career, and just in general, I, I just uh, uh, I didn't talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lucky you! All right, I should is- I should have. It, it might have worked out better for me if I had. <laughs> right, it is uh, Trump Crisis Day two ninety nine, Buzz, and uh, it has been forty five days, by the way, since Republicans allowed Chip to expire, leaving 8.9 million kids without health insurance. Yeah, and thank you for not forgetting that. I mean, I, I think it's important to remind people of that. And we just had gives, some breaking news come down right before the show, right, Buzz? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the, uh, as, the, the as the show is... Yeah, as the show is opening, we're both frantically reading, uh, you know, from the Washington Post about uh, what what the Republicans are doing now. Yeah, like we don't have enough going on. I have to tell you, I am bruised all over, bruised all over. I tell you, from tennis balls and and dizzy from watching them whiz by my head. Yeah, right. I, it, it, oh my God, it it hurts. It it started to hurt now. Uh, but I, as Buzz, I continue to stand strong against the forces of evil. There you go. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm I'm experiencing a big horrible bout of trump fatigue right now i I am getting i am so tired of talking about donald of course we're going to continue to talk about donald trump we have to because i'm a pro i'm a professional look it up in the book that's what we do we're pros uh we never cop out but anyway, yeah, so, I mean, I'm tired of seeing his face. I'm tired of hearing him talk. I'm tired of reading his tweets. I'm tired of the madness that he is injecting into the world. The, the Mainly de- that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The destabilization is what's really, that's the, I think that's the main source of my fatigue, not knowing what's going to happen from moment to moment to moment. Now, today, we have uh, Jeff Sessions. In fact, right now, as we speak, Jeff Sessions is testifying uh, before the House Intelligence Committee. And one of the key moments of this entire day on the Hill was uh, Chris Murphy. Chris Murphy, right. we, we'll get to Jeff Sessions and the details of his testimony here in just a second. But Chris Murphy was talking about Donald Trump and nukes. And this was kind of a terrifying revelation from uh, Democrat Chris Murphy. We are concerned hmm. that the president of the United States is so unstable is so volatile, 
has a decision-making process that is so quixotic that he might order a nuclear weapons strike that is wildly out of step with U.S. national security interests. Mm -hmm. So let's just recognize the exceptional nature of this moment and the discussion that we're having today. Yeah, and you know, he's not wrong at all, is he? No, no, he isn't. And, you know, I hate it because I, I missed that moment. I guess I guess I should have paused the DVR because, I, I you know, sometimes you, you have to take a break. Uh, sometimes you have oh, yeah. to step away and relieve right. yourself. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, missed, I missed that particular dramatic moment. But I have to say, I love the Jeff Sessions show. I think it's tied. It's almost tied with the James Comey show. Yeah. Uh, for being my favorite, most compelling television to watch. <laughs> right. I, and it's been... It's been impossible to write the news today and watch this fascinating hearing. I know. It's, I mean, that's the worst part about it, Buzz, is because it's so uh, challenging to balance those two things, to, to keep up with everything that's going on, especially right. when there's a congressional testimony happening regarding Trump and Russia. Right. But, but then on top of that, to actually get any work done at the same time is, is nearly <laughs> yeah. impossible. Unless, of course... You're live blogging whatever going whatever is going on, and right. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I mean, obviously on Twitter that's taking place, but I mean, actually having to sit down and compose something uh, thoughtful in an essay form or in news report mm-hmm. form is nearly right. nearly uh, impossible to to keep all of those things balanced. This is an ongoing plate spinning act, and oh shit! So Donald Trump just tweeted something, so we got to run over and cover that too, and so yeah. it's... Yeah, I mean, it's really, it, it is the the ongoing uh, uh, tennis ball machine of madness here. Yeah, and hence the bruises. And, uh, you know, I, it is, yeah, because I'm all the time I'm thinking, I have it on, obviously, in the background. Yeah. And uh, during the Republican questions and answers, I can get some writing done. Uh, but uh, during, the, uh, during the Democratic questions and answers, it's just been riveting television. Yeah. And, uh, and, and all the time I'm thinking, well, I have to tell people. I have to write this story. I have to tell people about this. But 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 right now, I'm I'm writing this story over here about that. And yeah. and it, it is that it really is. I'm not complaining about my work. I'm just saying that's how crazy. I don't remember it ever being like that. That's just how crazy it's become. And I wonder to what extent uh, the country can handle uh, Trump fatigue. Yeah. Uh, even even his supporters, although. Many of them still have their fingers in their ears singing la la la. Right, right. Well, I think that's part of his MO, isn't it? To uh, to make yeah. us talk about him as much as possible, to keep his face in the news as often as possible. I mean, that's sort of I mean, if we look at what his technique is, what his MO is, it's obviously uh-huh. the same MO as anyone who is a tabloid celebrity. I mean, Donald Trump is one of the I think one of the top to maybe top ten of all time tabloid right. celebrities. People you can always count on seeing in the supermarket tabloids. And and one of the things they do in order to keep their faces in public view is to get themselves into the tabloids as often as possible. Now, in this case, it's uh, obviously a different milieu, if you will, uh, where Donald Trump is trying to keep his face in everyone's Twitter feed, in everyone's news yeah. reports, in everyone's cable news uh, uh, hour-long programs. I mean, it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing where Donald Trump has to have and- everyone talking about him at all times. Yeah, and let me interject because you you were absolutely right. You've been right all along about this. Uh, he does. I was I was not sure at first when you first proposed this, but now I am convinced you're correct. He does love to troll liberals. That really yeah. is. It's certainly part of the joy for him, if not his motivation. 
Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And I think uh, John Oliver had one of the best segments he's done uh, this season so far. Oh, well, actually, it's the, end, it's the end of John Oliver's season, so it's yeah, th- there's nothing else to top it this season. But as far as topics go this season, John Oliver has done... Uh, that show is one of the best shows, one of the smartest shows, one of the funniest shows on television. That's why he gets the time off, and you and I will continue working through that period of time. <laughs> That's right. He gets a nice, <laughs> a sweet two-month vacation, John Oliver, right. you bastard. Right. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> So uh, he did a segment on his show Sunday night about uh, the three techniques being used by uh, by Donald Trump and certainly by Fox News Channel. And one of those right. techniques is is trolling where tr- what they do. And, yes, and, yes. And, and it's not just Trump. It's all of his copycats, too. They troll the left and they love doing that. And that's. Oh, yeah. That's, I think, the entirety of of the right wing, the, the pro Trump right-wing uh, uh politics now is all about just trolling all about pissing off liberals all about disruption it's really i mean i think if you were to really zero in on a single word that defines what the trump republicans are up to including all of their uh hangers on whether it's WikiLeaks or elsewhere it's all about it's all about disruption that's and, the and, word and and distraction yeah. we have and by the way i'm very proud of the fact that i don't cover the Trump-Russia investigation an iota less just because of all this other crap that's going on. Yeah. And they, they count on distraction. It's it's what, what Trump does is, is in talking about is staying in the news, he keeps moving the target. He's using that to move the target so that it would appear that nobody can focus on any one thing at a time. I have news for you. It's challenging, mm-hmm. but I'm doing it. Uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm covering all of the Trump Russia stuff and this other stuff. I mean, you've got the, the, the Roy Moore thing, uh, uh, and, and you've got, uh, you know, the, the, the revelations in the Russia investigation, you've got the sessions hearing underway and, and isn't it convenient as you were just pointing out that the Republicans would tack an Obamacare mandate repeal onto their tax bill while all that was going on. Yeah, it, it's it's a strange thing to do, uh, mainly because uh, unless I'm vastly mistaken uh, as of this reporting, mm-hmm. that the, the tax reform bill probably doesn't have a chance in hell of passing at this point. Right, still- exactly, which is why there's. I guess we shouldn't panic too much about yeah. it because if it were not doomed before, and I believe that it was, yeah. It certainly is now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just it. With the mandate in there and the loss of what what the CBO is estimating, 13 million people losing their health insurance if the mandate Mm -hmm. gets repealed. Because, I mean, what we're talking about, I I detailed this a little bit last week. What we're talking about when you take away the mandate is allowing uh, health insurance customers to be able to game the system, to be able to buy insurance as soon as they're sick or injured and then cancel it when they're better, when they're healed, when they no longer need that coverage. And what that does in order to dissuade people from doing that in order to make up for the losses that are incurred by people gaming the system of course the health insurance companies all need to jack up their premiums and their deductibles and their copays to compensate for that so they're going to go right to the top of the ceiling as far as they can go with those rates uh in order to uh, make up for the fact that you've got now scores and scores of people who canceled their health insurance or decided that they couldn't afford it anymore just jumping in when they need it and then jumping out when they don't need it anymore more. And that's why the individual mandate is so phenomenally important in all of this, even though it is the least popular part 
of Obamacare, it right. is something that has to be in there. It's like exactly. it's the cereal it's, part of Lucky Charms. You, everyone loves the marshmallows. People like the cereal part a lot less, and the mandate is the cereal part. So that's right. And the marshmallows <laughs> alone are tough and dry. <laughs> So, that's right. not marshmallowy at all. Uh, I've highlighted a, a paragraph here from this Washington Post article about attacking the, the Obamacare mandate repeal onto yeah. the tax bill. And I thought you might find this uh, interesting. I, I'm not sure if you saw this. It says, in addition to repealing the mandate, the updated tax bill could also likely include a new bipartisan health care agreement reached by Senators Lamar Alexander and Patty Murray. Oh, interesting. The Alexander Murray thing. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't know what that, that it's, it's almost, uh, it's almost saying to me a repeal and replace. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that it, it seems like it, but of course this is all part of just completely disrupting. I mean, this goes back to right. what I was Blurring saying before. Yeah it's, yeah. it's all about screwing it up so much so that we'll take whatever <laughs> we can at the end of it. It's like it, it, the, the whole idea of, of disrupting the system, which again, I think, I think distraction, what you were saying before, is distraction feeds the disruption, and, and the ultimate goal is to disrupt the entire system so that everything is scrambled badly enough that we go, oh, we give up. We, get, we can't even deal with this anymore, and we walk away, and that's the whole point of, of the chaos that's, that, that ensues when you have when you have nihilists running the government who don't yeah. care about continuity, who don't care about history, who don't care about what comes next. All they want to do is, you know, it's basically like when you're a kid and you're beating someone at a game of chess or you're beating someone at a game of Monopoly and the other kid goes, God damn it. And they take the, they take the game board yeah. and they wing it across the room, scattering right. the pieces in the game board all over the place. And right. that's, that's exactly that is what Steve Bannon wants to do. That is what the yeah. alt right wants to do. That is what Donald Trump wants to do. Certainly, that's what WikiLeaks' mission statement is to disrupt right. as much as they can. And out of that, some form of whatever the hell else will emerge, whether it's, and there's nobody there's nobody yeah. that pleases more than Vladimir Putin. Right, absolutely. And Vladimir Putin is, of course, one of the main agents of chaos, one of the main architect, agents of disruption. Yeah. yeah, again, yeah. he is the architect. That's a great word. That's a great great way to put it. He is the architect of disruption in American dis democracy right now. Mm -hmm. He has created, Amen. Yeah, Amen. he has created so much goddamn disruption through interfering with the election that uh, that it's going to be next to impossible to rebottle all of this once it's all over. And I think that's... That's part of the point. And, uh, and you know, I mean, I, I obviously at, at some point here uh, this morning, I want to talk about uh, the fact that, uh, well, we've got a, a ton of things happening with, with Trump Russia going on. We've got this uh, WikiLeaks thing yes. going on with Don Jr. And how right. all of this links up to uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, ultimate endgame, which is mm -hmm. which is not just to disrupt the Democratic Party, but to disrupt the entire System. Yeah, the institutions of U.S. government. One yeah. of Putin's, I believe, stated goals, one of his known goals, was to uh, neutralize, if possible, the United States State Department. The U.S. Department of State yep. was one of his greatest enemies. Well, isn't it interesting that that department has been gutted, decimated, that career people who dedicated nonpartisan lives to uh, pursuing the best interests of this country uh, have been forced out or have left in disgust 
Uh, uh, nobody's being, they're not being replaced by people of experience. Uh, the, the department's been gutted. It's, it, isn't it convenient that that has also happened? Yeah. Uh, another uh, wish fulfilled for Vladimir Putin. Yeah, again, it, it reduces America's stamp internationally, basically right. by by well, eliminating and- the jobs of all of these uh, these foreign agents, uh, foreign services, I should say, that the United States know is is reduced in its reach uh, as far yeah. as uh, its influence in other nations, nation to nation to nation to nation. And, 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 and the, this the- is because this is because we have a mentally ill president <laughs> yeah. who who has who has said. Uh, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. I'm I'm the guy. I'm the only one that matters. In fact, these exact words were, I'm the only one that matters. Uh, that he doesn't need a State Department. He's made it clear publicly and privately that he doesn't need a Secretary of State in Rex Tillerson. The most frustrating thing about that, Buzz, is the fact that it comes from a place of being uninformed. It doesn't come from a place yeah. where it's not like Trump yeah. sat down and looked at the structure of the State Department and said, hey, you know what? This is kind of redundant here. And he's checking off little areas and making flow charts and said, well, what if we rearrange this and move that over there and we put these people under that? And he's not doing any of that. He's just going, I don't care. We're just going to eliminate it. I'm going to do everything. That's because right. and because he's got that that skewed, ignorant barely understands the the functioning of the American government, barely understands mm-hmm. what right. international diplomacy means. It's all about who, right. who likes him, who yeah. his, who's his bestie, who, who schmoozes him the best, and who is signing right. off on, on more Trump towers, wherever they may be. And so that's the extent of Donald Trump's understanding his grasp of American foreign policy. Oh, there's also war and, and bombing things. And yeah. you combine all those things, and that's his... That's his limited sort of Hollywood view, his sort of I watch too much Fox News view of Uh of how that department and how American diplomacy functions. And it's stunted. It's it's wrong. And in fact, it's going to create vast amounts of damage. We haven't really seen it yet because we're still really feeling uh, we're still in the midst of the long shadow of the Obama years. And so once that winds its way out and the the real impact of Trump's decision-making takes hold inside the federal government and then spreads out to broader society where we really start to see the ramifications of this, it's going to be, (laughs) I hate to be this negative at the top of the show, it's going to be very, very bad unless it is bottled up right damn now, which makes all of this, especially the the Mueller investigation, so vital and so important for reasons beyond Russia, beyond conspiracy to hijack the election and so on, beyond money laundering and, and the uh, and the obstruction of justice charges. This is about this is about retaining some level of post-war stability in the world. Because I mean what Trump doesn't understand is the reason we have such a vast State Department. The reason we have global right. alliances is because they prevent wars. The reason yep. we have trade agreements with these other countries, whether it's TPP or NAFTA, say what you will about the ultimate ramifications when it comes to American jobs. That aside, we can t- we can talk about that as a separate issue, but the, the, the trade deals alone, if we're trading with countries, we're not shooting them and they're not shooting us because the economic benefit of the trade agreement outweighs whatever strife there may arise at some point in the future. So Trump doesn't understand any of that. He doesn't think right. on that level. There's nothing. That, I mean, he's barely playing 
checkers, much less three-dimensional chess with these decisions that yeah. he's making. So much, so. So, so much of this comes out of ignorance. And yeah. I, I have I tried to warn people before the election uh, that I understood. I tried to say, I did say, that I understood their anger. Yeah. I understood that they were angry. Mm-hmm. I also tried to remind them in, in what I thought was sort of a nonpartisan way that we don't make good decisions when we're angry. No. And and as you pointed out, we're going to be paying for this moment of anger for decades to come. Uh, also through the United States Supreme Court and through the federal judgeships that the Trump administration is appointing at a record rate, um, some of them without even or before they've even completed the vetting process. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the the next president, uh, certainly the next Congress, that's for sure. Oh. Had, I mean, one of the main issues now, we've actually created, by electing Donald Trump, we've actually created another problem, another crisis to be resolved as an issue in and of itself for future leaders of, of the United States, whether it's at the state lo- level or on up to uh, members of Congress or or the next president, hopefully a non-Republican president. This is going to be something that is going to be a task right alongside with addressing the climate crisis and talking about the economy and, and how to improve health care and all of those other things. It's now going to be yeah. about how do we reestablish a functioning government after this goddamn incompetent nincompoop, this cartoon supervillain comes in and disrupts everything. How do we reestablish the normal functionings of the United States? How are we? I mean, it, it, it seems so bizarre to say, well, how do we reach back to, to the, the heyday of 2016? <laughs> how do we go back and reestablish yeah, everything the, that the, existed in 2016? The good old days. You remember. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. well it, it no i mean we oh gosh we i, I have some hope to offer uh, my assessment of the current situation is that there's a lot of tribalism going on especially mm-hmm. i think on the republican side yeah where uh facts don't matter tribalism the tribe does yeah uh so you know and and uh, so we have this very polarized situation here's the ray of hope that i would offer uh, yes, in response to a lot of what you have said, there is a lot of work to do once Trump is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be we we're gonna we're gonna need to bring in extra cleanup crews because <laughs> right. uh, th- this is a mess of monumental proportions. Yeah, and oh, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be much harder to undo Trump than it has been to undo Obama. Yeah, uh, and 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 as I said, some of these. Decisions; these results of this angry decision will haunt us for decades. Well, this uh, is you know. uh, well, this is my hope, Buzz, and I'm sure this is something that you. Uh, I mean, obviously, you witnessed this firsthand, and you have a, a great knowledge about uh, what happened in the uh, in the wake of Watergate, where there was actually there was a, a series of bills yeah. passed to re-regulate uh-huh. the president, to re-regulate the, uh, the intelligence community after things like COINTELPRO and, and all of the abuses that took place pre-Watergate. So th- I, I'm hopeful that there's at least a template for how you react following a major constitutional, major uh, uh, crisis in the executive branch, how you, how you address that. And we've done it before. It can be done again, so it's not an insurmountable thing. It all just depends on whether or not we can recover from this national psychosis that is going on, where there is 62 million people, maybe less now, considering a lot of people regretted their vote for him, but there were 62 million people who looked at Donald Trump and said, hey, yeah, he can be president. 
and just yeah. so so made such a, a an historically and phenomenally wrongheaded error in their uh, in their selection and, and their choice for uh, uh, they were of, angry yeah exactly they were they were angry and so they did something right. out of spite and they and again they what I the very vote itself was disruption and so far as what they were doing is looking at the system and then taking yes. that monopoly board and winging it across the he, room. Yeah, they elected a guy who would throw the monopoly board for them. That's and they and they <laughs> yes. and, and, and and they knew that and they liked that and they wanted that and 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 most of those 62 million people, the majority of them still want that. Uh and and uh, still support him because they think he's very very smart. That's right. Here's 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 my hope and what I think is a real hope. And by the way, I I don't know. I hope they can legislate uh some correction uh, after this Trump experience, as we did after Watergate, I'm less assured of it when I see the tribalism. Yeah. I worry about that being the point. But here's here's the other hope that I see, and that is that you look back at this election uh, just last week, and you see that uh, you know people have not only voted in record numbers because they were motivated, but they and they turned out in record numbers. But they also ran in record numbers, and yep. they continue to run in record numbers. And this I didn't see after Watergate. I didn't see regular people rising up and saying, you know, what we've been going through is wrong. I want to act as a voice or representative to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yep. So to me, that's the real ray of hope, this record number of people running. And, and people are still urged to run. People are still being urged to run and we already have record numbers on them. This is a tremendous movement, the likes of which I have never seen. Yeah, and I'm so gratified and relieved to see that happening because there are so many openings for people to run. This is something right. uh, I, I, I may have mentioned this last week. It is something that anyone can do to run for a, a state level office. It doesn't require the sort of money and the sort of uh, expenditure of time that running for a national office requires. You can do it. I mean, you can go in and run. In fact, I always tell the story about how I didn't even plan on running for anything. I walked into the voting booth this was election day uh 2004 this is the, mm -hmm. the big election day where george w bush was running for re-election against uh, john Kerry, and i noticed that the democratic the, the local or the, the county democratic party had an opening for committee person from my precinct so i basically precinct captain and, it, and there was a, a slot for a write-in so i said hey you know what <laughs> No. Just just for the hell of it, I'm going to write my name in here. And so I, I wrote my name and then signed it and pulled the lever and walked out of there. And wouldn't you know it, three weeks later, I get a letter in the mail saying, congratulations, you won the election. <laughs> <laughs> and I and you know what? Then I went to the uh, the Berks County website there, and I, I checked out the uh, election returns. And yes, I not only won the election for <laughs> Democratic Party committee person for that precinct, yes, right. but I, I won it with one hundred percent of the vote. <laughs> they were just glad they were, and and I'm sure this is true, or has been true. It has been true in a lot of places. They were just glad somebody volunteered. <laughs> That's right. I mean, 100% of the vote, which, of course, is right. my one vote. Right. <laughs> well, thanks, Bob. T total votes, t vote, vote total listed on the right was one. 
One, one vote. And but see, I mean, this is it's kind of a silly story. It's a, obviously a true story, but it's it, it actually illustrates how yes. easy it is to to do this. Um, obviously, it takes a little more effort than that to run for you know state delegate or something like that. But, yeah, government office. Yeah. Exactly. But it's but it's all there. It's all there for the taking. And if you mm. really want change, it, it it's about actually participating beyond you know, hashtag activism or whatever. This is actually running for something where you can you can get into the party. You can infiltrate the party and change the way the Democratic Party works from the ground up. And I've been pushing for that since, God damn it, since uh, the 2016 primaries when I saw a lot of disconcerted, a lot of disaffected Bernie supporters. I said, well, you really no. want to affect change. Inject yourself into the Democratic Party by running for a state and local office. It's not and as hard as you think. I know, but they still didn't listen to you, and you you were one of a number of voices that begged them to do that. Uh, what did motivate them was yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah, ultimately, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was it. And yeah. we saw, we saw example after example of that last Tuesday, where people were running. the The irony in some of the races was so thick and so beautiful. <laughs> yes, yes, I just yes. love seeing the fact that you know a, a, a trans candidate defeated the guy who wrote the bathroom bill. You know, someone who. Uh, overheard uh, disparaging remarks about the, uh, Hillary Clinton or this other person ran against that person and defeated that person. It was just one case after another where it, all it took was actually just doing it. There was It was ripe right. for the picking. You could just do it and take it and ride the wave. And Michael Moore, uh, just wrapping up before we get to Jeff Sessions, but I want to mention that Michael Moore said something on Real Time with Bill Maher the other night, which is that everyone off the bench, everyone now is the time. If you've ever thought about running for office mm -hmm. as a Democrat, mm -hmm. now is the time to do it because you will never have an easier time get <laughs> actually winning than yeah. right now, given this unmitigated disaster that's happening in the White House. So, And we have proof in the election we just had. That's exactly right. I mean, that's that's the proof of concept. That's the proof of concept that will lead people to maybe throwing their hat into the ring for a congressional race coming up this year. I mean, I know several people who have already decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to run for Congress. And they're doing it. And they're actually doing it. I know one guy, uh, Justin Kanu, who does a podcast, and he decided, hey, you know what? Marshall Blackburn, I'm going to run against Marshall Blackburn. Uh, first, he's got to go through the primaries, of course. But then we find out that Marsha Blackburn is going to try to I think she's either retiring or she's going to run for Senate, which leaves that seat open. So not so he got in on this before she decided to step down. And now it's going to be even easier to, to clear that hurdle, knowing that he's not even going to have to run against this longstanding uh, right. member of Congress. Right. One of the uh, right. one of the Tea Party favorites. So. Well, and we should never get, as you've pointed out, we should never get overconfident. However, uh, you're right about this opportunity. What we, what, what is true, what isn't an exaggeration, mm -hmm. is the opportunity here. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, okay, you know what? We have to, uh, we have to talk about Elysium Health, right? And when we, uh, sure. when we're done talking about Elysium Health, we're going to talk about Jeff Sessions. We're going to get into all the Russia things, including Don Jr. and everything like that. So, but first. Oh my God, Buzz! I, you know, you know me. I, I do the best I can to take care of myself. I exercise a few times a week. I do a lot of you bike do. riding. I'm at the gym. You put me to shame. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it, it, God, at 46 <laughs> years old, I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that TikTok. So I got to make sure that uh, I don't. You know, it, it was funny because last time I went to the doctor, but my, I felt my blood pressure was a little high. It wasn't too terribly high, but I think it was like 128 over 84 or something like that. And I looked it up. That's, it was a, yeah. 
little bit, little bit high. So you know what? I got to work a little bit harder, and that includes uh, uh, taking care of my cells. Now, if you're like me, in addition to exercise, you take nutritional supplements also to to keep you healthy. But are the supplements you take based in science or just another passing fad? People take supplements for every aspect of health and every part of the body, but are you taking anything for your cells? We never think at this level. Your health begins with the cells that make up your body. A company called Elysium is on the cutting edge of this. Brand new category in healthcare with product called Basis. Remember this word, Basis. I take Basis every single day and I'm excited about investing in my cellular health. I'm really impressed by this science, by the way. A doctor who's led 10 years of aging research in MIT, worked with researchers at Harvard, Yale, and Oxford, and used over a quarter century of research to create Basis, a daily supplement to support long-term health. Their mission to use science to help people live healthier and longer. As we age, we start to lose cellular coenzymes we need for energy, for maintaining our DNA, for maintaining our circadian rhythm, and for hundreds of biological functions. Basis boosts our level of this coenzyme. You can read more about it in Scientific American, Wired, and the MIT Tech Review. Right now, Elysium is giving my listeners their first month of Basis for free. Go to trybasis.com slash B-O-B-C and take control of your health and to live healthier longer. Use my code again, B-O-B-C, write that down, and choose either six or 12-month subscription to bring Basis right to your door with a single payment. What to, uh, do exactly what I did. Go to trybasis.com slash B-O-B-C and get your first month absolutely free. See the website for complete details. Again, that's trybasis.com slash B-O-B-C. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yep, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Uh, I'm I'm happy to announce, in addition to our eBay link, mm-hmm. in addition to our Target link, mm-hmm. we have now added, just in time for the holiday shopping season, a Macy's link. <laughs> I was right. You are becoming a mall. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Uh, we we uh, we got booted away, we got booted out of the Amazon link program. Uh, so we decided, hey, you know what? Screw Amazon. We're bringing in Target. We're bringing in eBay. Now we're bringing in Macy's. So all you got to do other is- other ways to shop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just go to bobseska.com and just beneath the logo, you'll see all those links for your favorite stores. Go shopping there. Uh, uh, save some money. Plus, uh, plus uh, it makes me happy. It makes me happy. So I'll just put it and- that way. <laughs> And Macy's is now the anchor store in the Bob Seska Mall. I, I, I almost said the the S word that rhymes with schmaport. <laughs> like, I'm not supposed to say those things no, anymore. No. So, uh, yeah. But suffice to say, it, it makes us very happy when you go shopping through our links. Okay. Yeah. Don Jr., uh, this is uh, another clear case where Don Jr. Hmm. has basically confessed to uh, collusion, confessed to conspiring with Russian intelligence to release uh, stolen uh, information gathered by uh, the FSB and Guccifer and and all of those fun people. uh, And? And? And and didn't reveal it until he was caught. That's exactly right. Until he had to. And stupidly goes ahead and releases all of the DMs into his Twitter stream as if uh, as if that's going to help somehow. It's exactly what he did about the uh, Veselnitskaya meeting. He released those emails uh, with Rob Goldstone stupidly. 
and now he's done the same with his uh, his Twitter DMs with with WikiLeaks. Um, I don't even know if that's all of it. I mean, there's no way of knowing for sure. I think what ought to happen, Buzz, is because Mueller is pretty thorough. He ought to be uh, subpoenaing uh, Twitter's digital records, uh, certainly WikiLeaks records and and Don Jr.'s records to wow. cross-reference them. Because on on Twitter DM, you can very easily delete texts. You can delete text messages out of a out of a DM. Uh, thread but it doesn't universally delete those messages so in other don't, words don't don't be saying ought to be about my man bob Mueller. uh <laughs> just you know because i i'm pretty sure he's on top of this and i know he has uh, uh sort of digital media experts uh, to help him uh with this sort of thing but I, I as i said before and i think he's actually demonstrated this in his approach that He's anticipated some of the things he could run into along the way, and and uh, there are no more qualified people than his when it comes to to being on top of that. Uh, it, I'm not saying that things didn't get deleted before they got to them, but I'm pretty sure they're on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's a that's a really good point, and I'm sure they are. It, it's just it's a weird little quirk of the Twitter DM system where you can delete a text, but it won't delete. So if Don Jr. deleted right. one of his messages to WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks will still have Don Jr.'s message on their devices, but Don Jr. won't have them. So those two streams, right. those two <laughs> versions of the same DM conversation, can be uh -huh. cross referenced to see if there's anything stripped out of them right because from appearances it was a one-sided conversation that, that yeah. most of the messages were from twitter to i'm sorry from wikileaks to donald trump jr and yeah. not the other way around he did respond occasionally but it was mostly them yeah but what we do see though is we uh -huh. see obvious obvious reactions to the conversation oh, sure. that he was having yeah. first of all right wasn't it uh he was 15 minutes after the one exchange about podesta's emails that suddenly donald trump senior starts tweeting about WikiLeaks and the podesta emails the it's it's all coincidence bob it's more fake news <laughs> more right. fake news you're making up there that's absolutely it's just total cool what a fluke uh what happened was <laughs> is also the next day uh -huh. Don Jr. tweeted out that WL search link that was sent to him directly by right. WikiLeaks, which yes, that right there, that right there is absolute yeah. collusion, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it. That is coordination between WikiLeaks, which is a front for Russian intelligence, mm -hmm. and Donald Trump Jr., who was, if if not with a specific title, was still... Uh, one of the main guys inside the loop at the Trump campaign. And well, I'm so, no federal prosecutor, but to my eye, it's a collusion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the only thing that keeps me from doing the Snoopy happy dance right now is yeah. the fact that I know that Donald Trump is going to pardon his own kid. There's no doubt about that. That is one of the... You would the, think. Yeah, yeah, it's right at the top of the list of people who Donald Trump is going to, to try to pardon. It's certainly going to be yeah. Junior. So yeah. uh, let's see, 15 minutes after this exchange took place with Donald Trump Jr. About, uh, and WikiLeaks about tax returns, about getting information about Hillary Clinton released and so on, uh, something about Podesta in there. Donald Trump Sr. tweeted, uh, uh, this, 
15 minutes after this exchange took place. Very little pickup by the dishonest media of incredible information provided by WikiLeaks' so dishonest rig system. <laughs> yeah, it, and because the media hadn't reported it in that first 15 minutes, he <laughs> I was convinced that uh, it was dishonest media that that's was to right. blame for that. No, he was just eager to get it out there sooner. Uh, right. And that's and he was just trying to push the story. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that's obvious now. So, meanwhile, uh, God, this was... This is maybe one of the two most frustrating stories that came down or has come down during the course of Donald Trump's overseas trip to uh, to East Asia. And that is his discussion with Vladimir Putin and his claim that Vladimir Putin said that uh, he had nothing to do with it. It's like this it's this ongoing thing where Donald Trump asks, did uh, you know, it's like uh, it's like that uh, that scene from Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, Robin Williams going up to uh, uh, the enemy and say, are you the enemy? And they say, if they say yes, we shoot them. <laughs> That's, you don't if you ask Vladimir Putin whether or not he completely flummoxed the 2016 election, of course, he's going to say no, I didn't. I didn't do it. And the, Donald Trump is so stupid that he actually believes Vladimir Putin. Well, yeah, or, uh, you know, I think what Trump said or clarified later was that he believes that Putin believes that his government didn't yeah. uh, interfere with the U.S. election, which raises the question, why is Trump speaking in Putin's defense in the first place? <laughs> you know, why, even if if Putin had told him that, why would Trump give it credibility by passing it on to the rest of the world? Right. If not, if not to help Putin. Yeah. And then he ends up walking it back anyway, later on, after there's an outcry, after Mike Pompeo comes out and contradicts Donald Trump. One of, yeah. one of several contradictions that took place over the last uh, uh, 10 days where Trump says one thing and his staff says something completely different. This is another case yeah. where Mike Pompeo comes out and says, well, you know what? The intelligence services are right. Originally, I doubted this happened. And now since I've become the CIA director and I can actually, you know, look at facts, I now believe that this yeah. is exactly what happened. And that surprises me because Pompeo is from my home state of Kansas and uh, and has been a staunch, staunch Trump supporter. Yeah. And so I was a little surprised that he told the truth. Yeah. Uh, I just I didn't I did not see that coming. Uh, and, and yet there it was. And, and that was I enjoyed I found this past weekend so entertaining mm -hmm. because of uh, Trump questioning U.S. intelligence. Yeah. Calling Comey and Clapper and Brennan hacks, uh, and and each of them responding, each of them hitting back, yeah. uh, and 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 in such a classy way. In the case of, I believe it was Clapper who who struck back by saying, "And Donald Trump is a danger to the national security." Jesus Christ! You know, I he didn't he did there was no it wasn't a, it it was an adult it was an adult answer yep. to a childish taunt well and once again here we see donald trump throwing the the uh, intelligence community under a bus and then uh -huh. several days later what drops a damning story about donald trump junior uh, I don't right. know that, that there's any necessarily any uh, a coordination be the, between those things, any connection between the Donald Trump Jr. story dropping several days after that uh, or not. But what I do know is that this has been happening for a year now, ever since Donald Trump said or tweeted that uh, the intelligence community is like Nazi Germany. Ever since that point, we have uh -huh. seen an ongoing series of leaks from the intelligence community, including yeah. uh, investigators that have worked for the uh, the various uh, congressional committees, leaking information to the press, 
probably, and I would say most likely in retaliation for the way Donald Trump has treated the intelligence community. These are hardcore patriots. I mean, just shy of guys who volunteer for the Marines. I mean, we're talking about people who really believe that they are the last sentinel standing on the wall protecting uh, uh, average Americans from the, you know, all of the terrible things that are occurring outside our borders. And when you say that they are unpatriotic, when you say that they are dealing in fake news and mm-hmm. and artificial intel and, and leaking things and violating the law, suddenly they get a little pissed off. And when they have control over vast research, I mean, one thing I know, having, uh, having talked to a lot of uh, uh, former NSA analysts, uh, people who work in the intelligence community, they don't like being questioned about what they know. They they know what they know, and they're 100% confident in what they know. So when you question the veracity of their, of their life's work, of the things that they have sacrificed for, uh, uh, intelligence to attain, things, dots connected, uh, attacks thwarted, when you impugn that, they are going to be pissed and they are going to retaliate they're not going to mm-hmm. sit by and say that you know their retaliation might be a dish served cold later on or it might be something immediate like what we just saw with the donald trump jr story released what was it 72 hours after donald trump threw the intelligence community under a bus maybe 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 there's no connection but this is the kind of thing that we see in an ongoing basis yeah, I, I've enjoyed arguing with conservatives about this. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it's just uh, you can't, uh, you know, if you are an officer, if you're a, a you know, if you're in the military, mm-hmm. uh, you you cannot refuse to obey an order, a direct order from your commanding officer. Yeah, although sometimes it's done, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's done to save lives yeah. or serve justice or prevent uh harm to the national interest of the united states there are cases in which that's the case Uh, i you know and what i argued with conservatives about is yes leaking it but i would always concede the point leaking is wrong leaking is illegal you shouldn't leak unless it's an extraordinary circumstance yeah and if there was ever an extraordinary circumstance this very institution coming under attack, uh, it is this is that circumstance. And and I'm amused also by the argument over the number of intelligence agencies that have that have declared <laughs> that Russia interfered with the election mm. uh, for the purpose of uh, helping to elect Donald Trump if yeah. possible. Yep. And 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 uh, you know, you've heard seven seventeen, I think Trump said three. The answer is four. There are four agencies. But under one of those agencies are like, uh, I don't know, what is it, 13 other agencies. Yeah. Uh, and and that's where the 17 comes from. Yeah. Uh, either way, and this is the part that makes me smile, either way, it's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. If you, read, right. <laughs> if you read the first sentence of right. the, I believe it's the October intelligence analysis, which came out, by the way, before... Right before Donald Trump Jr.'s conversation with WikiLeaks. And in that October 6th 
uh, intelligence evaluation of the, the Russia attack, they said point blank in that report that WikiLeaks is operating as an extension, as a front for Russian intelligence. And then, uh, what was it, less than two weeks later, Donald Trump Jr. is talking with WikiLeaks over a back channel on Twitter to to try to coordinate how to release that information that's how that's how tight it was now that that same report that october report starts out the first sentence says it's an evaluation of the entire intelligence community it doesn't say the word 17 intelligence it doesn't say that phrase no. 17 no, journalists ger- journalists coined that uh, to try to well, to give their stories more detail, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you you need when you're writing stuff over and over again, right. you need to be able to repeat it in a way that's not too repetitive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, then uh, Hillary Clinton was completely, completely accurate when she was repeatedly saying seventeen intelligence agencies said uh-huh. that this happened because that's exactly the way it was. It was the right. director of national intelligence releasing an official report, and the director of national intelligence oversees the entire intelligence. Community. And the first again, the first sentence says the intelligence community believes those yeah. words are right there in the first sentence in that report. So you can't right. you can't go around quibbling about that. Of course, they do anyway. You know, mm-hmm. the of facts course. never stop. Them well, doing this it, well, and, and, and this theory, you know, rather than discuss with us the fact that all of the intelligence agencies agree on this, it's more beneficial to them to distract it to a discussion of whether it was three or 17. That's right. And there you go. That's what we do now is uh, keep moving the target. Look over there. It's not as sure. You know, never mind what I did. What about what he did or she did? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, that's what this dance is all about right now. Well, so uh, we're going to take a short break uh, here, but when we come back, I want to talk about how this, how the Trump-Russia thing connects to Roy Moore, how it connects Uh to, obviously connects to Jeff Sessions, and how that there may be a plot afoot to Mm -hmm. ultimately fire Robert Mueller, and it all starts with Roy Moore. Okay? Back with uh, more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, it's our Tuesday show. Buzz Burbank is here from Buzz Burbank News and Comment. You can listen to it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, also at buzzburbank.com, plus uh, Realm Network 
Bob.com. Okay. Uh, also, by the Thank way. Thank you, Bob. That, that, by the way, that was me on drums there as well. <laughs> You're amazing. You're amazing. Such drum chops. I swear to I'm, God. I'm Buzz. Uh, when I, <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right. All right. Here we go. Uh, Patreon. Uh, We're talking about Patreon right now. Yes. Doing yes. a huge push for our Patreon page. My goal is to bring enough new subscribers to add a big Wednesday show. So uh-huh. if everyone right now listening uh, signed up for just $1 a month, if everyone downloading the show right now, this show uh, signed up at just $1 a month, we'd far exceed our goal by a, like a factor of 10, something like that. But also, let's talk about subscribing for $15 a month. That's our top level. That's just $1.88 per show. So in addition to the free Tuesday and Thursday shows, you'll get two post-mortem shows per week, plus the Friday after party every week, and my exclusive reading of the Steel dossier for free. And we'll take out all the commercials from the free shows, too. But only if you sign up at the $15 a month level. Just go to bobseska.com, click the all-caps Patreon link just beneath the logo at the top of the page, and please uh, tell all your friends. Okay. So, uh, Buzz, I'm sure by now you're familiar with the the plot to use Roy Moore to fire Robert Mueller, and how? Yeah, I mean, isn't that isn't that bizarre? I mean, it's this yeah. is like uh, the the, the uh, mousetrap game a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's it's very uh, Rube Goldberg esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that sort of thing where one thing leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next. So what happens is what they're talking about, and this comes from the uh, NRSC, the uh, the Republican Senate Can- Senate Campaign Committee, right, right, and uh, and and the idea. Uh, this, is, this is coming down from Corey Gardner, who's the head of the NRSC, that what they want to do is if Roy Moore actually wins the runoff election on December 12th, I believe it is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as he's inaugurated, he will be immediately removed from office. Yes. Uh, as right. we learned on Rachel Maddow last night, this has only happened on a couple of occasions. One time in the 1700s for treason, someone was, was removed. One- Right, one guy there. Yeah, uh-huh. one guy there. And then, of course, you had a handful of guys removed when they seceded from the United States and joined the Confederacy. So they were right. removed from the United States Senate as well. And that's it. Those are the only times that senators have ever been removed by the entire been, Senate body. Been 155 years since that happened. Long, long time. And and so, therefore, completely unprecedented. But they're talking about it doing it doing it now and it's not just because they dislike Roy Moore there's obviously an end game to this because then what happens is mm-hmm. if uh, if Roy Moore is uh, removed from office as soon as he's inaugurated then uh, the governor of Alabama Kay Ivey would simply appoint Jeff Sessions to take that Senate seat at least temporarily right and then so once mm-hmm. Jeff Sessions takes that, place donald trump can appoint a new attorney general who wouldn't be recused from the trump russia investigation and who could also uh at least interfere in the investigation if not entirely uh fire robert Mueller. and the hip bone (laughs) is connected to the backbone yes exactly but that that you've you've outlined it perfectly that's exactly right that's exactly the uh the chain of events that can occur so the hope is and obviously this leads to more urgency when it comes to the roy moore alabama senate race you know it's not just about making sure that there's another democrat in the senate it's about making sure robert Mueller doesn't get fired or making sure that jeff sessions doesn't go back to the senate to make sure that jeff sessions remains exactly where he is so Mm -hmm. that nothing can happen at least while he's there 
to thwart the Mueller investigation. I guess there is an outside chance that uh, that uh, uh, Rosenstein could could eventually fire Robert Mueller, although I don't think that's going to happen. And I do no. think that ultimately uh, the United States Congress will vote to appoint a special prosecutor themselves, and they won't need Trump's signature if they have a veto-proof majority. So there's always that 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 eventual safety net in the Mueller firing scenario. So there's that, but it's a remote, remote possibility that we would even get to that place where Congress is appointing their own special prosecutor, probably Robert Mueller. They probably would hire yeah, and appoint oh, Robert yes. Mueller to take over. And then, of course, Robert Mueller would bring all of his people with him, and it would just be business as usual but yes, under under a different uh, a branch of the United States government and uh with with new leadership. So, yeah, and he, yeah, he could even be a special prosecutor. I there is as we've learned uh, a fierce dedication to justice within yeah. the Department of Justice, especially we know among the career professionals, uh sadly many of whom have left there as well. Uh but I, I sometimes wonder, especially after hearing Sessions' testimony this week, if maybe he hasn't, while there, uh, found or refound that religion, the religion of uh, fiercely enforcing the law as it's written without yeah. political influence. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I still think he's a weasel, but uh, I, I, I wonder. I wonder if he's had a bit of a, a, a Scrooge visit from spirits uh, during his time at the Justice Department, yeah. uh, and 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 maybe has rededicated himself to to the idea of of uh, you know pursuing justice. I I don't know. It's just a it's a sense that I got in his a fierce defense of the independence of the Justice Department, and and I you know there are signs or reports I've read he's. He's uh, working very hard to try to keep that job. And I wonder to what extent yeah. uh, appointing if he, he and he made it clear he hasn't done this yet and he won't do it unless he has enough evidence. But uh, if he support if he uh, appoints uh, a special counsel to investigate Hillary Clinton and mm -hmm. Uranium One, that will win him a lot of favor with his boss and go a long way to protect his job security. Yeah. So as much as we don't want that to happen, uh, that is, I think, the avenue that Sessions is pursuing right now. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's a great point of conversation here that we need to talk about because this is, when we were talking at the beginning of the show about rebottling all of the madness that Donald Trump is injecting into the world just by the very nature of him being president, uh, we also have to factor into that equation the idea that now it looks as if this administration is going to begin a tradition of investigating using the Justice Department as a political cudgel to investigate political opponents, to investigate previous administrations, which yes. this appears to be the case with what Donald Trump is threatening to do. To order welcome to, yeah, welcome to our banana republic. Exactly right. I mean, you talk about a third world strongman idea. The fact that you know, see, this is why I was I was not I wasn't doing a happy dance over it, but I was I was satisfied that Barack Obama decided not to investigate the Bush administration for Iraq and war crimes and torture and Abu Ghraib and all yes. that crap. It was it, even though they deserve to be investigated and they deserve to be imprisoned over all of those things. The thing is, though, it, it, it step it sets a massively 
uh, wrongheaded and horrible precedent where mm. you would then subsequently have one administration constantly uh, uh, investigating the previous administration using political capital, uh, co- completely crippling the, the operation of the federal government entirely having the air sucked out of it by this investigation of a previous administration. And that would happen. Of course, what would happen is the next Republican administration would come in and investigate Obama. And then the next Democratic administration would come in and investigate the previous right. administration, whether it was right. Democratic or Republican for that matter. And they don't do and they don't do that. They, yeah. It just isn't done. Yeah, it, exactly. Because because what that does is that puts th- that it, it cripples any administration and puts right. it in a position where it's constantly looking over its shoulder more so than right. usual. Looking backward instead of forward, making no progress. Exactly right. Exactly right. And this was something that happened before Watergate, where uh, presidents were able to use the Justice Department as that weapon against political opponents, whether it was Martin Luther King and COINTELPRO and all of those investigations that were ordered or all the wiretaps that were ordered as a coordination between Nixon and Hoover and all the things that went on along those lines that were horrible, horrible corruptions of the United States Constitution. And Donald Trump wants to bring all of that back. And you know what? He's lucky. He's really lucky insofar as, in addition to not remembering fascism in the world, uh, a lot of young people who support Donald Trump for some reason don't remember the days of COINTELPRO. They don't remember things that happened pre-Watergate and pre-Watergate, where there was that level of executive corruption and that use of of the uh, intelligence services to investigate political opponents. And that, again, that is the Pandora's box that Donald Trump is reopening by looking into Hillary Clinton. Did Hillary Clinton do something wrong with Uranium One? Uh, Absolutely not. And I think Jeff Sessions is going to find that out. This is something... That I think we saw with Mike Pompeo and the and the entire Russia mm-hmm, attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As soon as Buzz, as soon as they start looking at the facts, at the facts, yeah. suddenly the Fox News bullshit that they're being fed is debunked, and that's what's that's what's utterly fascinating about observing this cabal is that and unlike others, and unlike others, they are in positions that do not allow them to ignore those facts right. in making in making their decisions. I was again relieved. Uh, if, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it was uh, really convincing lying by Jeff Sessions or if he was sincere, <laughs> but he did. He was very emphatic about not allowing the Justice Department to be used for that political revenge. And I just I thought, again, that was worth mentioning. It gives me some relief if he's telling the truth. And I and I don't know. I just got the sense at that moment. I, I saw him weaseling out of other things. Yeah. But at that moment, he seemed to be quite sincere. Well, that's I, I guess if there is a silver lining for uh, guys like Jeff Sessions where they have at least one foot in that old school mentality where they understand the the right. uh, treachery and the the instability that that sort of thing brings about. They at least know from uh, from having experience in government for decades now that that is not the way to behave at that level. Certainly not. And and so therefore, I think uh, we are fortunate in so far as Jeff Sessions <laughs> is a is a government veteran who knows that. I know. No, this is a bad idea. And and Donald Trump doesn't know that because Donald Trump doesn't know anything. Donald words have no meaning for Donald Trump. Nothing has any meaning for Donald Trump. So um, um, some some people some people find religion on their deathbeds, and I think <laughs> I I yeah, think maybe. in in the in the case of Jeff Sessions, yeah. who feels increasingly encroached upon, yeah. uh, I I you know I I think that uh, I I just think he's got that kind of mentality that that uh, now that he's 
in much more danger. And I think uh, other uh, people associated with Trump may be feeling the same way. Now that they're, they've seen what can happen and what will happen and what will likely happen, uh, they've found religion, I think, to an extent, at least to the extent that they realize that uh, they'd better cover their tracks at best uh, because this is serious. Speaking of covering tracks, have you noticed what Jeff Sessions, his weasel words are when he's asked about whether or not he's met with oh, Russians? Sure, sure. yeah. It, it's, yeah. Never, it's never about, well, first of all, Jeff Sessions appears to be losing his mind because he can't seem to remember <laughs> anything. In fact, he said, I have, no, I have no idea how many times I've said I don't recall things. <laughs> So he doesn't remember yeah. how many times he can't recall things. Yeah, and I think somebody presented him with an example of 35 times <laughs> that he'd said that in, in previous testimony. And yeah. here's, here's the thing. You know, he didn't remember having the meeting uh, in which George Papadopoulos said he could get uh, the campaign hooked up with Russians. Mm. Sessions didn't, didn't, oddly didn't remember that. <laughs> but then when he was reminded of it, he yeah. said, oh, yeah, 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 I, I pushed back against that. <laughs> Now, uh, he's either telling the truth, which is noble, uh, of uh, both for what he did and for telling the truth about it, or he's just lying. Yeah. And uh, we, we don't know yet. The, his track record and testimony would indicate that he's lying. Uh, like I said, at certain points, he seems sincere, but he was very, very shaky on this. And I don't know if I buy his lack of memory, although he does seem befuddled and bewildered about some of these things. It's uh, But how could he be what he has been career-wise mm -hmm. uh, and be that forgetful? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, obviously what we've seen from the state of Alabama is their politics are really fucked up. They, I mean, Alabama <laughs> is a fucking mess. Absolutely 100%. There is all kinds of crazy shit happening going on in that good old boy network down there. And it's, uh, and it's you know, obviously elevating a lot of despotic people, uh, Roy Moore being the latest in a series. Now, with Jeff Sessions, his his, his big weaselly excuse is he keeps saying, and he keeps referencing, in fact, he was doing this today, keeps referencing back to his previous statements where he says, I did not have meetings with any Russian officials. Now, we yeah. focus on that and we say, well, you've had many meetings with Russian officials. How can that possibly be true? But then he goes on to say, I have not had meetings with Russian officials about the campaign or coordinating with Russia about whatever. Right. The, that is... That he's using as his out the 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 mm -hmm. content of the meetings because if he can if he can whittle it down to that level, it's much more difficult to prove the the words that were said in the meeting versus the actual setting of the meeting. Do you follow what I'm saying here? Yeah, so I do. I do. It's easy to prove. It's easy to prove by corroborating evidence or calendars or things along minutes, mm -hmm. so on, right. that, that a meeting took place. It's a little more difficult to prove what was said in the meeting, and I think he's counting on that. So he can actually say with uh, veracity that he, <laughs> that he did not have any Russian meetings about collusion with the campaign. Right. And and right. so it's it's incumbent upon it's it, the onus is on Mueller and the onus is on the congressional committees to prove that in those meetings, Jeff Sessions talked about collusion with Russia over Hillary Clinton and the DNC hacks and so forth and the the uh, the fake news campaigns on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. So that's his little weasely out from all of this. And I don't know mm -hmm. if anyone's 
Obviously, I think a lot of people have picked up on this. I don't know if anyone's specifically called him on on being weaselly about about that little technicality, about that one thing that you can't even prove. So we'll I did see. not catch the I did not catch the senator's name, but did you catch the part of the uh, sessions session today in which a senator uh, challenged the chairman on the enforcement of? Uh, a witness refusing to answer a question, yeah. uh, as uh, Sessions has done so often. And there were many questions he said he just would not answer, yeah. period. And uh, when he was asked, are you claiming executive privilege? Said, no. And, you know, he's not taking the fifth. Uh, he's not claiming privilege of any kind. Uh, he's, not, uh, he's not saying it's a matter of national security in most cases. He's not claiming any kind of privilege whatsoever, and yet he's being allowed to not answer the questions. Yeah. And uh, this was very frustrating to one senator in particular whose name I did not catch. Uh, and uh, eventually the chairman quieted that senator and moved on with the hearing. But uh, I, I thought it was a valid question uh, because for as many questions that uh, Sessions said he could not recall the answers to, yeah, uh, there were just as many, I thought, that in which he said, I, I, I cannot, will not, would not answer that question. That you know, I'm glad you brought that up because there—that's been my question all along. How is he able to do that? Did he sign? Uh, and you know, in fact, I was talking to Jackie Schechner about this the other day. If if Jeff Sessions and some other senior uh, uh, Trump administration officials signed non-disclosure agreements with Trump himself, mm-hmm. are they trying to live up to that agreement? Is that why they're unable to talk? Remember, we had the heads of the uh, intelligence community testifying over the summer, and not none of them. We they all said, right, right. We just can't answer that. Well, why can't? Is it a matter of national security? No, we can't answer that question. Well, are you claiming executive? privilege no no, no. Yeah. <laughs> right right so it's a big mystery in terms of why they can't answer now jeff sessions may be claiming that it's either part of his recusal or uh-huh. this other mystery this other question mark detail that we're unaware of which i still believe is some form of non-disclosure agreement this is yeah donald trump has operated for years hiding uh-huh. all of his all of his monstrous, awful things behind <laughs> non-disclosure agreements. Yes, yeah, I yeah. use those a lot, and yeah. uh, I think that's. I agree with you, and I think it's a question that senators and investigating lawmakers need to ask of these guys. Uh, I know that Sessions was asked in today's session. Uh, did you have you taken any kind of loyalty oath to Trump? And perhaps what he should have been asked, and what we should be asking all these folks is. Have you signed a non-disclosure agreement? Yeah, yeah. And I would like to know uh, from either a constitutional scholar or someone who has a knowledge of the U.S. Code, what takes precedent in that case? Does a, does a non-disclosure agreement signed privately with either an elected official or a private citizen, does that supersede the oath sworn to answer in congressional hearings. I don't know. I, again, I'm no, I'm no lawyer, prosecutor, or judge, but I think uh, that you can get access to that information if it's in pursuit of a criminal investigation, yeah. which this is. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope that ends up being the case. By the way, I do have a, a one brief correction from earlier in the show. Yes. That clip I played of Chris Murphy was not from the Jeff Sessions hearing because, of course, Chris Murphy is a senator. Jeff Sessions was testifying, I believe, in the House Intelligence Committee. Well, no wonder I missed that. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) This was in Tuesday's uh, Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing, Ah. in which Chris Murphy 
is uh, deeply concerned about uh, 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 Trump's ability to use uh, our nuclear arsenal. I mean, he's, Donald Trump can fire off nuclear missiles whenever he wants. Right. Sleep tight. That's uh, that's absolutely the case. So uh, we got post mortem show coming up in just a few seconds from right now. We're going to talk a bit, a little bit about uh, a little bit more about Roy Moore. We're going to talk about uh, oh, Roy. By the way, the latest on Roy Moore is super duper creepy. Super duper creepy. So we're going to talk about that in the post mortem show. Also, uh, uh, some some Trump tweets. I want to get uh, Buzz. I want to get your take on Mr. Louis C.K. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's uncomfortable. But yeah, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about uh, Rand Paul and uh, and Trump's uh, ongoing embarrassing of of the United States uh, overseas uh-huh. as he continues to work his way through the uh, uh, East Asian nations and uh, embarrass us at every step of the way. Throwing uh, Americans under the bus in defense of China and other places. Loves defending China. And uh, make sure to do that every every possible chance he can get just because President Xi flattered him. They're friends now. Yeah. All these people know exactly how to push Trump's buttons. They all know mm-hmm. precisely how to flatter him and how to play to his ego, play to his insecurities. And to get what they want, just all by- they have to do, all they have to do, Bob, is yeah. watch a reruns of Leave It to Beaver, in which <laughs> Eddie Haskell says, "That's a very lovely dress you're wearing, Mrs. Beaver." <laughs> That's right. That's right. Their strategy for manipulating Donald Trump is no deeper uh-huh. than the Eddie Haskell uh, gambit. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> the Eddie Haskell gambit. I think we're going to have to start calling it that. <laughs> uh, that and a lot more is coming up next. Go to our uh, Patreon page by going to bobsuska.com just beneath the logo, the all caps Patreon link. Just click that. Uh, you can listen to the free show by not paying a damn thing at our Patreon page. You can do that if you want to. But while you're there, why not sign up for a dollar a month or $5 a month? $5 a month will not only uh, get you the, the free show, which is free, uh, but it'll also get you the post-mortem show, which is what we recorded right after we're finished talking here. And uh, it's a little bit of a bonus show, and that's only $5 a month. 